Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Dr. Evangeline, also known as Eve Hudson. Now, she is an author, speaker, and entrepreneur, and host of First Gen Lounge Podcast. Now, today we're discussing why failure is good, giving up versus letting go, rebranding, and starting over. Life is too short. Trying to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Jig Podcast. Welcome to the show, Eve. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's so good to be here. I just thank you for the work that you're doing to be able to help change our lives, you know, just what you're doing and for showing up like you do. Oh, yes, yes. I am so glad that you are doing what you are doing in your space. Now you are working with first generation entrepreneurs and graduates. So that has got to be very interesting. And what's more interesting is that when we graduate from school, or even if we did not complete school, if we start into a business or we start into something and we step into this whole entrepreneur space and we have no idea what to expect. And sometimes we're listening to the stories about social media moguls and how they've just arrived and how they just got there. But research says that 60% of new businesses fail in the first three years. So what happens when we fail? Dr. Eve, let us know Why is it good to fail? It's good to fail because life isn't perfect and failure will teach us a lot. And actually failure is just perspective. I don't believe that we truly fail if we take the time to learn from what has happened because we only fail if we fall and we don't get up. We don't fail if we fall and we get up and say, okay, so how can I do this different Then you know about businesses and we'll talk about it, you know, later, but just even realizing in a business Have you failed or did you try something that didn't work out? Because if you kept going, then it was a good thing. It's when you get defeated and when you say, I quit and you throw your hands up that I believe failure exists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I want to jump right in and start asking the audience what they're thinking. So this is our interactive segment. So if you're listening in real time, go to the IG stories at the total fit boss chick on Instagram. And we're going to have this poll question. Have you felt like you've failed? And if you aren't living, if you aren't listening in real time, no worries, go check the IG highlights and you can see the responses to the poll questions and you can still weigh in to see the results. Now, I'm very interested to know your take, Eve, on being stressed out because it's stressful when we do fail, regardless of the lessons that you take from it or what you get from it. It's still stressful and it's overwhelming. What do you do when you're stressed and overwhelmed? I take a minute, just take a minute, step back and give yourself space and time and most importantly, grace. Being stressed is inevitable, but stress can be both good and bad, right? I think everything starts in the mind. I think that our mindset about everything is the most powerful thing in how we process what's happening or what has happened. So when I think about stress, 
well, it's good that I'm stressed because my business is running and things are happening, but I need to also take care of myself. So I have more good stress than bad stress these days because it's my perception of what I'm working on and what I'm doing. Now, when I do get frustrated though, that's when I just know to step back and I know that's too much stress. <laughs> I know that's a point of me trying to take on too much, trying to fix too much, trying to think through everything, um, not consulting with my team about things or just letting life happen and letting life pass me by, but not addressing things that I need to address like then and there, but really taking a break. I'm a full-time entrepreneur, but also the biggest advocate of self-care. And that self-care for me is about being proactive, not reactive. And so every day balancing my workload and my life so that I actually don't have to get to that breaking point. I think too often we put stuff off and then when it's time to break, we break. But if we work intentionally every day, we don't necessarily have the same challenges as those who are just going in and burning out. Right. Exactly. Now I know that you also will brain dump some certain things whenever you're stressed out. How do you do that? And what are you doing when you brain dump? Absolutely. So when I brain dump, I take out a blank sheet of paper. It can be construction size. It can be a poster board. Depends on how much I need to dump, (laughs) but a blank sheet of something. And I will write down in the center what that thing is. So if it's right now, I'm dealing with some business stress or like I'm launching a program and I'm trying to figure out the best way to go about doing this. But then my mom just called, something's happening with my little cousin. Something's happening with my husband's family. All these things, I write it all out. And I look at the connections with those things, but I also look at what can I eliminate? So what's important, what's not? So I look at it as a web of things Mm -hmm. or even a plate of things. So what can I take off of my plate? So then I will take a marker or pen or whatever I'm working on, circle stuff, I will scratch it out. And then I will allow myself to focus on what's necessary based on seeing, like being able to visually see what's happening in my life. And then on some, sometimes I'll even find spaces where I can take and streamline stuff. And so I'll draw lines and connections to things that are happening, find things and take a breather and say, okay, now what am I doing to move forward? I have so many diagrams in my office on my wall and <laughs> on this clipboard of mine from things where I've just brain dumped just to get it out of my head. And that's the other thing I find that when we keep so much in our heads, we can't fully conceptualize what's happening. So you have to have a vision no matter what. And so I just get it out of my head and being able to see it, I can deal with it. Oh yeah, that is extremely helpful. Now, sometimes when we come up to something, we might need to let it go or we might need to give up. So what, when do we know what to do? That's a good question. Letting go versus giving up. Letting go means that you've done everything that you can do in this situation, in whatever the thing, the project you're working on, it's just a done deal. You're at peace with it. That's what letting go is. I can walk away from this thing and know that all is well, a relationship it's being school, it's being that employee that you just brought on and they showing a hole behind, you know, <laughs> I've done everything I can do. Giving up is when you say, you know what, there's more that I can do, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I quit. I'm not, you know, that's the failure, right? Mm-hmm. I quit. It's just over. It's done. And doing that, <laughs> it is what it is, right? But you don't know what it could have been because If you let it go, you've tried and exhausted all of your resources and all your avenues. But when you give up, you don't even know what else could have been done because you didn't keep going. 
Right, right. Exactly. Well, I really like that concept or that thought because sometimes we do just need to let it go because it's not in our space. It's not for us. Yes. And we try and press things and try to make things be for us when it it's not even who we are. If we're trying to impress things or people that don't even matter. I think that is so powerful. So whenever you go through failures or whenever you go through letting go or giving up, how do you deal with the people, the thoughts of that whole, you know, I didn't make it because your family or your friends, it's almost like sometimes they're sitting on the sideline. Half of them are sitting on the sidelines to cheer you on. And the other half are secretly wishing you fail. You can't worry about them. And it's so much easier said than done, but you have to ask yourself the question, am I stressing myself out more adding everybody else's stress to my plate? That's not for you. And I think that when we understand who and what is priority, then we know what thoughts and feelings to prioritize, but none are more important than our own. We are the people, I mean, we cheer ourselves on the most. We're supposed to be our biggest fans, our biggest cheerleaders. So we don't need validation of other people for who we are, how we show up. And I think we live in a society now that you got Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Clubhouse, where people follow people, you know, validate, validate. And it's a psychology that that is detrimental. But if you say, I'm going to show up, I'm going to be my authentic self. That's what's important. So it takes time um, for those of us, whatever your upbringing may be. I know that it contributes to how we feel about pleasing others. Right. But at some point, when you realize you matter the most, everybody else's opinion just, you know, kind of fades away. Yeah. I think that's very powerful because there are so many people right now that I've just recently gotten a DM of somebody saying, this is a space that I'm in and I put myself out there and I decided to start this business. And I, you know, told my friends and I told my family, I see that I'm failing and this is where I am. I think that'd be very helpful, especially anybody that could relate to her situation. I think that advice is extremely helpful. So say you've gotten out there, you've made some missteps and you want to start all over. What steps would you make to start over to rebrand? Oh, we, oh my goodness. You have to really have a vision for where you're going. I definitely say that. And looking at your data, looking at the numbers, looking at what's happening and seeing if the rebrand is even necessary. I'll start with that. So I had to do that myself, or I did do it myself back in the midst of COVID. Um, when everything happened, being someone who was a speaker, I was like on a move and all of my speaking engagements were canceled. So here I am. Oh my gosh, what do I do? How do I do it? Because I had to be reactive. I have a business to save at this point. I have to pivot. What is your reason for rebranding? If it's just because you're bored, that may not be it. You know, look at your products and your services. But if it's because of something that may even be a bigger vision, or maybe you want to have a more focused vision in what you're doing, and that's going to cause for a rebrand, then absolutely. So looking at, again, looking at the numbers, looking at your data, what's working in your business, what's not working in your business, where you see yourself 10, 15 years from now. So I had gone from being the purpose professor, which was actually my business name, to switching to evangelism worldwide. And some would say, well, that doesn't even make sense if you're doing the same work. One, I had an awakening for a global vision. And when I had that, and I also got past the fear of thinking, who are you to think that you can be this or to do this or to mm -hmm. even say international, who do you think you are? Well, who am I not? 
And then it was a part of me having a name that's so unique and being a woman with a business, men name business after themselves all the time. Mm. Hershey's, Mercedes Benz, Johnson and Johnson. We got products in our house named after, you know, these men who said, this is my business, this is my thing. And so for me, I was like, this is going to be the legacy. And so showing up as Evangeline, preserving the name that I was given for my grandmother and even that history of being first gen and being this black woman who's come from this line of women who really had to do what they had to do to make it. I said, why not? So even within the branding, what's the story behind it and why is it relevant? So it blends both the perfect match of me, this uniqueness that I believe that I bring to the market, this individuality, as well as this vision that has you know come to pass since the rebranding actually to where I am serving internationally. Like I have students in my membership in Abu Dhabi, in the UK and all across the States. And that was like, wow, within a few months of me doing a, a brand reshift or pivot rather, and to also offer different services and products. Gotcha. Now, Dr. Eve, I've got to really ask you this question because when you kind of touched a little bit on your history or on your background, you somewhat did a rebrand in your life too, right? I mean, if you were one of three children and you had some struggles, yet you now have a PhD. So you have actually done a whole rebrand of your life or what was or could have been expected of your life. You know, you better preach today. <laughs> you better come give me a word today. Single mother, three children, we used to say a job for each child, mm-hmm. no education beyond high school, but was a go-getter, ambitious, driven, took no sugar, honey, iced tea from folks. She was just that kind of person and was strong. And I mean, I'm saying was, as she is, but mm-hmm. growing up, she used to tell me, I want you to have a better life than me. So to be the first in my family to go to school, the first in actually four generations to go off to college, to finish, to get a master's, to get a PhD, I've done it all. But I knew that there was something out there for me. I never knew what it was though. And though I spent a majority of my professional time in higher education, entrepreneurship had always called me, but I couldn't put my finger on it. But to even be an entrepreneur with the set of global business and to come from a space where we struggled to make ends meet, oftentimes to have had government assistance it is definitely something interesting. At this point, at the age I am now, my mom had three children already and had been married, I think was on her way to a divorce at the point. But for what it was worth, it has been definitely a rebrand of life. But I've learned over the years, you get to choose who you want to be and how you want to show up. And you are not your parents' decisions. You are not your friends' decisions. You are a summation of your decisions. And so with that, being able to choose the better life, no matter the sacrifice um, as well, has definitely been an interesting journey. Yes. What is also so interesting, Dr. Evangeline, you are not just Dr. Hudson alone. You also married, your husband also has a PhD as well. Yes. So in saying totally rebranding, that is the epitome of (laughs) rebranding times two. Now, I don't know about your husband's background. I don't know about that. But what I do know is that when you both step into the world and you give your essence and you give what you bring as mentors into this world and you give your struggle and you give your story and be transparent with with your thoughts and the thoughts of who am I to do this or how could I, and then all the way into bring it around to who am I not to do this yes. is huge. So you know, again, I want to say kudos to you and your husband for 
establishing such a beautiful rebrand. Wow. Thank you so very much. I definitely appreciate that. And since you touched on it, we're so similar. I'll say that my husband was born and raised on the West side of Jackson, Mississippi. So even for him to be a black male from Mississippi, who's a PhD, you know, what he comes from, I can't tell his story, but I'm always in awe of who he is. And yeah, we definitely blazed some trails. <laughs> we definitely did that. So shout out to Bay. Well, you know what? My next question is, how do you do it all? How do you manage it? And what are your productivity secrets? Oh, let me definitely say that. It's being able to look at, again, going back to the vision. What is my vision? What are my three most important goals? What are the things that I really want to focus on and do? And I can't do them all right now. Maybe I can do them, you know, one, one quarter, one the next quarter, but we all have different styles of, of working, but I'm always looking at priorities, but I also give myself flexibility for my priorities to change. One of the things that's really important to me is to live a values-based life. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I do with my members, you know, my communities, as I even sit with them and I say, tell me what you value. And I can tell you what you need to take off of your checklist. Because when you know what you value, it's no question about what's important or what you need to do. If you say you value family, then why are you questioning if you want to move out of town, if you don't want to be far, take it off the plate. Or if you say you value family and you know, this nine to five is working your nerve, but you see your side hustle has potential, give more energy to that. And so the same thing about finance and freedom, whatever else you value, look at what you value and take that and to make those decisions. So prioritization comes off value. I value freedom. So you asked me to go work a nine to five now, have you lost your mind? <laughs> because, you know, I enjoy being in a space where I can really have the autonomy over my schedule over my everyday life. And what base, yo, I got time. You want to go here. I'm like, cool, let's make it happen. Versus, well, blah, 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 blah. So just being able to accept the struggles, the challenges as well that come with entrepreneurship to stay aligned with my values and to live a happy life because life is short mm -hmm. and the prioritization, the values are really important. Sitting down every day and making a list of the most important things that I want to do. So it's all about prioritization. Like no matter what, that is really the, the truth. And knowing that I value time. Well, if I'm spending a lot of time in these emails, do I think I need to hire somebody to help me with this? Absolutely. Right. So bringing in a team to help take off the things um, that are consuming of my time that are cre creating a space for me to not be as free as I want to be, but as well as being able to say, hey, now I can work on other projects and do things where my creative genius can stand out versus trying to spend all this time managing my business. So in a nutshell, all those things working together, the team priorities, looking at values is really how I roll in productivity. Okay. All right. Well, you have given it to us. You have done so well. This is a part of the show that I believe that you will connect to so much. And it's called our mentoring moment segment. Mm -hmm. And during this segment, this is your opportunity to mentor our audience in a way that you probably have not been mentored or that you weren't mentored to early on. So this question is very unique. I've never asked anybody this question, but I think that you would be the perfect person to ask. If you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and how would you use it? It would be to heal the world. And it sounds, you know, kind of cheesy, but what I mean to heal the world to help people um, get past their insecurities, to get past their fears, to get past the trauma that they've experienced. 
so that they can experience bliss in life. Even if that bliss is living in a hut somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, by the beach, or if that is living in the mansion somewhere, I think people deserve joy. I think that they deserve happiness. I think they deserve freedom of, you know, mind and spirit. And so often we are bogged down by all the things that have happened to us that we have a hard time getting past our childhoods or past traumas and setbacks that we don't get to live in our greatness because of those things a lot of times. So just to heal, but healing is a process and it's ongoing. And it's one of those things that we're always healing from something considering the circumstance, the condition, the environment, it definitely shapes us one way or another but we all need to heal in some way. Even people who rich and we think they got it all. Everybody got problems. Right, right, exactly. Well, guys, Dr. Eve is excellent and she has a wonderful movement. Please go on and support her. I will put her links in the show notes, but please let everybody know how you can be contacted. How can they reach out to you? If you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me um, all over the internet, as I say, E-V-E-H-U-D-S-O-N-P-H-D. If not myself, someone from my team will definitely connect or send an email to chat at evehudsonphd.com and we will be in touch. Definitely looking forward to connecting with you all. And I don't know too many strangers. So if you say hi, I'll say hi back. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I definitely appreciate you and enjoyed being here today. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick podcast. Bye for now.